0: Welcome to the Coventry Vineyard podcast, wherever and whenever you're listening, we hope you're blessed by this message. If you want to find out more about our church or speak with someone about Jesus, head to coventryvineyard.org. So, the nativity. When you see that, this was something that somebody kind of cut out of wood and put outside a, a church somewhere, and I saw it online and lots of people have commented on this kind of beautiful picture of the nativity because it also looks slightly like something else. You know when you kind of look at something and then you think, that kind of looks like something else. To me, it looks like nativity, but it also looks like two dinosaurs fighting over a watermelon. And once you've seen the two dinosaurs fighting over a watermelon, you cannot unsee it. Which might make you think, is that completely outrageous? And I've added in for effect, because I had so much time this week, um, the, you know, the meteor coming in, the extinction event of wiping out the dinosaurs. They're looking a little bit concerned. Um, And I just thought, you see that? You cannot ever see that again which is just genius but maybe for you as you're going into this next year this year's ended maybe there's a little bit of fear about something in your life that something bad's about to happen that there's an event coming up and you're living in that kind of like oh no what's going to happen maybe there's anxiety maybe there's depression maybe there's fear maybe there's a it's feeling like for you that it's the end of the world as you know it, and you are not feeling fine. Um, And you're thinking, okay, there's another Christmas. I should really love Christmas. But at the same time, it's like, let's just get it over and done with and then go into the next year. Um, And so what I want to talk about today is joy to the world. And we're going to end this talk bit by singing joy to the world. Okay, so that's kind of where we're going with this. And uh, I kind of stole that image from the kind of Planet Earth series. And if you've not seen the whole Planet Earth series, I've been watching the the third one. It is amazing. Uh, I watched um, sort of a, a trailer thing of kind of a compilation of stuff. And I must admit, I was probably sleep deprived or something, but I was in tears. Just looking at just the beauty and the majesty and the splendor and the joy to the world is not just joy to a bunch of humans but there's joy to the whole world and what does that look like for us we've already sang about it we've sung about joy we've sung about salvation and i can't remember did we sing about justice but all those things joy and salvation and justice are all caught up in the story of christmas so if you've got a bible we're going to be in luke 2 chapter 2. And we're also going to dip into Psalm 98. Okay, so if you've got your Bibles with you, if you've got actual Bibles, loads of actual Bibles. That's amazing. That's so cool. If you've just got your phone, don't feel left out. That's okay. Um, but in Luke chapter 2, verse 8 to 12, it says there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, nearby to Bethlehem. They were keeping watch over their flocks at night. And then we cue the song. But, they're going about their day-to-day business. It's nighttime, they're probably getting settled down, they've counted all their sheep. Uh, Everything's all sort of calm and quiet. It's kind of a silent night, with a bit of um, sheep making noises and stuff. The thing about the shepherds is they were kind of rough and rowdy. They would often be ostracized from people. Not too dissimilar to some of you. Um, But they were sort of rough and rowdy. They were boisterous. They had a bad reputation because of their their behavior. And what's about to happen changes their lives. They're going about their everyday business. And then in verse 9, and this is an actual painting from the actual time, it says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were... Terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. In the message version, it says, I'm here to announce a great and joyful event that is meant for everybody worldwide. There's joy to the world coming. And so they're terrified, but, they're, but the angel's saying, No, don't need to be afraid. There is joy. And what's about to happen is going to change the world. They go on to say, Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. There's the salvation message. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Then it says, Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven. And on earth, peace to those on whom his favour rests. And I so appreciate the fact that when Nadine was leading worship earlier, it was like, let's just keep on singing uh, the, the, that hallelujah refrain and how our Lord God reigns uh, and joining in with the angels. And I wonder, is that something that is in the kind of the back of your mind as you go through your everyday life, that there's this attitude of, that you know, God is reigning in my life. I don't see it all around me, but I'm part of what God is doing around the world. That I'm part of a, a subversive kind of revolution to bring joy to the world and to be working for the kingdom of God. I think Joy to the World is probably my favorite um, carol. And it was written by Isaac Watts, who was kind of the noddy holder of his day as you can see by the hairstyle. Um, who was uh, 1707, so what, 18th century or so. He was a poet, he was a wordsmith, he loved rhyming so much that as a child he had a habit of rhyming even um, when it annoyed other people. And it so annoyed his dad that his dad banned him from rhyming. Um, And he forgot about it one day. And so his dad was about to punish him, to which young Isaac declared, Oh, Father, do some mercy take, and I will no more verses make. Which probably gave him a good um, hiding or something. And then later on, he complained to his church-leading father one day about the quality of the hymns. Um, And so his dad said, Well, you write some. And so he did. And so he wrote things like, When I Survey the wondrous Cross, not a bad hymn. Uh, He wrote, Oh God, our help in ages past, our hope for years to come, our shelter from the stormy blast and our eternal home. And then he wrote, Joy to the World. Joy to the World, the Lord is come. We won't sing it, I'm just going to read it. Let earth receive her king, let every heart prepare him room in heaven and nature Sing, joy to the earth, the saviour reigns, let all their songs employ, while fields and floods, rocks, hills and plains repeat the sounding joy. He rules the world with truth and grace and makes the nations prove the glories of his righteousness and wonders of his love. And so, for inspiration, Isaac went to Psalm 98. It's okay, we've left the... The shepherds are up on the hill. Angels have come. There's joy to the world. Kind of, they're kind of singing it in the background. Hasn't been written yet, but they know what they're doing because they're angels. And then you've got Isaac Watts, who's written "Joy to the World," and then you've got Psalm 98. So what I'd like to do is just kind of link up what's happening with the shepherds and the angels, and then Psalm 98. And Psalm 98 is is an epic psalm. It's one of those kind of Exodus psalms. They're recalling. Uh, the liberation and the freedom that God brought the people of Israel out of, out of Egypt. And they're remembering that God's salvation is there for them. And so it says this, Sing to the Lord a new song, for he has done marvellous things. His right hand and his holy arm have worked salvation for him. The Lord has made his salvation, second time it said there, known and revealed his righteousness to the nations he has remembered his love and his faithfulness to israel all the ends of the earth have seen the salvation of our god so this first section is kind of really all about salvation it's all about god as savior god as a as the victor that he's saving a group of people to be a people that will demonstrate his saving love and faithfulness to the world around them that he's calling these people out of, of slavery, he's saving them to live life as God would have them live it. They're receiving this, this gift of salvation, and then they're living in the light of this gift of what we would call grace. Or put it another way, the way in is the way on. And so salvation always comes through Grace. So the way in to the kingdom of God is always through grace. And the way on, living your everyday life, just like the shepherds were living their everyday life, is through grace. Paul writes about it in Colossians 2. He says, so then, just as you received Christ Jesus as Lord, continue to live your lives in him. And one of the things that we can make the mistake of is that as we live this life of following Jesus... We just look from one event to the next event, to the next event. And we forget that it's actually this every day, step by step, walking with God. That we don't, don't just go from worship event to worship event, but it's that everyday life. When things that, that come up and annoy us, those things which, there's disagreements we might have, those people that we really don't want to be in the same room with, that that's a moment to grow. That's a moment to step into the grace that God has won for you, that salvation that He's bought for us, and live it out and demonstrate joy to the world. So that's the first bit of Psalm 98. The second bit of Psalm 98 says Shout for joy to the Lord, all the earth, burst into jubilant song with music, make music to the Lord with the harp, with the harp and the sound of singing. And by the way, you sounded amazing this morning when you were all singing. Um, don't stop singing. Because, and don't, don't kind of just draw back in worship. Our worship is, is kind of that, that um, springboard into our everyday life. That when we come together and sing together, we're declaring who God is and we're declaring the wonders of his love. So with trumpets and the blast of the ram's horn, shout for joy, before the Lord, the King. Now we don't do a lot of shouting. We don't actually do that much clapping. And I want to kind of release you into the ministry of clapping because we don't really do it very often. Thanks, Ben. I knew that we, nothing would really hold you back from doing a bit of clapping. But this, this part here is kind of saying all the other nations are joining in. The people of the earth, the people of God are a people of joy. And I think sometimes we forget the joy of salvation we forget that we are to be people that demonstrate joy to the world and then the next bit goes into planet Earth three territory or two or one let the sea resound and everything in it the world and all who live in it let the rivers clap their hands I took that photo in the summertime and I hadn't really thought about what rivers clapping their hands was like until I sat next to that waterfall and it sounded like applause. I don't know if you've ever heard a waterfall, it sounds just like applause. And it's like, oh, that's like the river clapping its hands. And I hadn't, I oh don't know, throw that in for free. So let the rivers clap their hands, let the mountains sing together for joy there's a bit in one of uh, the episodes of Planet Earth 3 where the, the sand dunes and the wind is blowing over the sand dunes, which are like a, the size of mountains. And it's like they're singing. There's this, this beautiful, harmonious music with the wind blowing over the sand dunes. It's like, let the mountains sing together for joy. Let them sing before the Lord, for he comes to judge the earth as the justice. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples with equity. And so these shepherds up on this hill, they probably knew this stuff because this was a psalm that would be sung quite often uh, with the people of Israel, remembering what God had done, and they're desperate for God to do it again. They're desperate for God to bring the salvation that was promised. And in this psalm, it's not just a group of people that are singing joy to the world. It's not just a bunch of people you know, shouting and nations it's the whole of creation joining in, declaring the wonders of his love. And that's what Isaac Watts was trying to get across when he wrote Joy to the World. That it's not just us singing, it's the whole world declares the wonders of his love. And I think we forget that. I and mean, I could go off into my kind of environmental biology background and kind of talk about um, a whole load of stuff. I'm not going to do that. But I wonder, what is our, our thoughts about... Our responsibility to the world that we're in. Because I think for sometimes we just completely ignore it. And we're not really kind of like aware that the creation around us declares something of God's beauty. And we have a responsibility. Maybe more on, on that another time. So these shepherds, they've been told to go into Bethlehem to go and see this child. And it says in Luke 2 verse 15, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. They see something and they can't withhold their joy. They're shouting about it. This boisterous, rowdy bunch of shepherds. They're going through the streets. They're they're probably singing Go Tell It on the mountain or something. And they're going out there and they're telling everybody about what they've seen. There's something infectious about the, the joy of what happens at Christmas. And we just go from one Christmas to another and I wonder whether we actually are declaring the joy of what it means when Jesus steps in as a vulnerable, as God steps in as a vulnerable baby. And actually we put turn to it again, It's like, this is salvation. This is joy. This is justice. This is righteousness in action. This is grace. This is mercy. This is love. This is what the whole world is waiting for. Paul talks about how the whole world is groaning with anticipation at wanting to see the the sons and daughters of God sort of make a stand so the shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen which were just as they had been told and so what i'd like to recommend for you for this Christmas is to have the courage to talk about the things that you've seen and heard, to talk about how God has changed your life. And if you have not experienced the salvation, the the life-changing love of God, the grace of God, then this is a great opportunity today to say, Jesus, I accept that free gift of what you came to this world for. I want salvation. I'm terrified of what's coming next. And I want to step into your life-saving love and grace, your redeeming grace, to share what you've experienced, and to also to find joy in the ordinary, because there's something about the shepherds. They go and they see a family, they see a baby in a manger, and they find joy. Obviously, this is extraordinary, but I think for us there's also seeing joy. In the ordinary. Um, the writer and infamous TED talker, uh, Brené Brown, said, joy is not a constant. It comes to us in moments, often ordinary moments. And I wonder whether there's that's an everyday life, there's ordinary moments where you can find joy in those everyday moments of life. She says, sometimes we miss out on the bursts of joy because we're too busy chasing down the extraordinary moments other times we're so afraid of the dark we don't dare let ourselves enjoy the light do you remember that phrase those living in darkness have seen a great light we don't dare let ourselves enjoy the light she says a joyful life is not a floodlight of joy that would eventually become unbearable I believe a joyful life is made up of joyful moments Gracefully strung together by trust Gratitude and inspiration Are you trusting in God for salvation? Are you trusting in God for his grace and his love? Is your belief and your faith built on that trust in him? Is there, is there gratitude in your life? I think this whole time of year is a wonderful time just to kind of look back over the year. I think American guys actually have, and girls, um, have it right when they have that whole Thanksgiving thing. When they look back and say, this is what I'm thankful for. I wonder for you, when you're sitting around the Christmas table, maybe to share, what am I thankful for for this year? Or over New Year's, as you look back over the year, what am I thankful for? What what am I, where is their gratitude? And then inspiration. Are you allowing, or for us it would be the Holy Spirit inspiring you to live life that's full of wonder and full of joy? Brené Brown says this, we are hungry for more joy because we are starving from a lack of gratitude. There's such a link between gratitude and joy. If you want more joy in your life, Start learning the spiritual discipline of gratitude. And it seems almost too simple, and it seems almost like a cliche, but I think the more we are grateful for things, the more we give thanks for things, the more we declare what we've seen and heard of what God's done in our lives, that's where joy becomes uh, uncontainable. So I want to leave you with two things find joy in the ordinary. In your ordinary everyday life just like we encourage worship in our everyday life what's that link between worship and joy maybe even do some clapping it's okay to clap in church that's allowed but then also second thing is to bring joy to those around you what's that going to look like what does it look like to be a person of joy Because remember, joy is not just um, dependent on circumstances around you, happiness is. Happiness is like, well, I'm gonna, things around me, circumstances are gonna make me more happy or food or whatever it is. But joy is something deeper, something that's kind of hidden, which erupts every now and then. What does it look like to bring joy to those around you? To be a person who speaks joy and grace and mercy and love and forgiveness. To be a person that is following Jesus. Thanks for tuning in today. We would love to connect with you on a Sunday morning soon. Bless you and have a great week.